What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Good Talk. I'm your host, Trevor Good. And again, I'm just going to I'm gonna stop doing these little apologies for not posting in a while because it's going to happen all the time. But here I am, and we're, we're making a podcast episode today, so I'm really excited. We'll see how it goes because I'm a little bit rusty on just straight up talking. So, um, yeah, today we have a very, I should say, impromptu topic. Um, it is a topic that actually came to me in the spur of the moment today because I got in a bit of an Instagram debate over it. Uh, and the topic is student loan forgiveness. And I'm actually going to talk about um, paying for college as well as student loans kind of all together. Um, but the other reason that I actually am wanting to talk about this today is I did just make my first college payment uh, last week. And so kind of all of the, the college finances are really suddenly real to me um, and everything feels close when it comes to, to college and getting ready for that next step in my life. So all that's fresh in my mind. I'm kind of fired up from the debate. This is a topic that I feel very strongly about. Like. Okay, like all topic. I feel very strongly about all topics. But without further ado, let's get right into it. Now, psych, not without further ado. If you actually like this podcast and you want to get notified, uh, subscribe on whatever you're listening to, turn on notifications, do whatever you need to do so that you know when I post podcasts, which will hopefully be more often, helps the the show grow, uh, and I would really appreciate it, so... Now, truly, without further ado, we're going to get started. So, student loan forgiveness. This has been a topic that's been thrown around, especially in academia, for quite a while. But especially more recently, uh, President Biden, during his campaign, made some promises that he would look into and pursue student loan forgiveness. Um, And recently... Uh, it's kind of been overshadowed by, by Roe v. Wade and some other current events, but a lot of groups have been calling on him to make good on that process. He's put together some sort of task force to look at that and is considering some sort of 50% uh, student loan forgiveness uh, during his administration, if he can somehow get that passed. Um, but what is really interesting about the student loan forgiveness um, is that it fails to address the root problem of student loans. So that's that's actually going to be my first issue with student loan forgiveness is it doesn't address the reason why anyone could even say that student loan forgiveness is necessary. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and assume everyone knows what a student loan is, but essentially right, it's a loan that you take for college. And The first notable thing about student loans is they're very, very uh, expensive. So first of all, college is not cheap. Um, I saw a statistic, I couldn't tell you where it was, but college essentially, uh, the price of college, uh, of tuition, room and board, all of that package has gone up a thousand percent um, since the 80s. Um, So 10 times what it used to be. And if you're going to a state school, um, that's absolutely true, but especially if you're going to a private school, um, 
they can just price gouge you and no one really stops you. And what makes that worse, right? What makes the whole situation worse is it's not quite so easy to avoid going to college um, as it used to be. Now, we're actually seeing a shift of people there's a whole mindset shift about college, and I think it is partially driven by the rising cost. And people are starting to think that it's not quite as great of an investment as it used to be. But we are seeing a shift of people kind of saying, okay, we need to focus on trade schools, learning real skills, and not necessarily getting a degree you may or may not never u- you may or may not ever use. While simultaneously, right, the value of a college degree has gone down. So the cost has gone up, the value has gone down, and their necessity has gone up. So what that essentially means is more and more jobs are requiring a college degree or at least some sort of partial college uh, experience. For example, this past past uh, January when I was uh, I had quit my first job at Harris Teeter and I was looking for a new job, there were so many jobs that were only asking for college students where they were only asking for bachelor's degree only and then when you're looking at pretty much every entry-level position into pretty much all fields they're requiring you have at least some sort of degree in the field that you're looking at now that makes sense of course because people want you to have a base level of experience of knowledge on the subject that you're theoretically going to be working in but that I guess uh, that pool of occupations that are requiring a bachelor's as a bare minimum has expanded and your high school diploma, right, is no longer worth nearly as much. Right? Your high school diploma is simply, like that, high school is baseline education. And then even a bachelor's degree is starting to become that sort of baseline education that everyone goes to college because that's what you do. And because and it, it, you have to intentionally, if you wanna succeed without going to college, you have to intentionally succeed as in like, you need to go into vocations, you need to be an entrepreneur and you know, build something, start a company, do something like that. And it's becoming a lot harder to survive without a college degree, right? And so because of that, right, your college degree is now worth less, right? How do you stand out against everyone else who has a bachelor's degree? Well, you need to get a master's, you need to uh, get uh, other certifications, you need to expand that. And so not only is the price of college expanding, not only is the bachelor's degree necessary to succeed as a, as a regular employee, for sure, in, in any, I should say, major full-time job, uh, or at least the, the vast majority of full-time jobs, um, it it no longer sets you apart from your peers or other applicants as it may once used to. Um, It it hasn't for a while, but even now, um, people are looking for um, more experience, more degrees, all that stuff. Um, And so that partially has driven um, both the demand for uh, a college degree uh, up, and it also has stemmed off this this uh, this new movement of people 
who are looking for alternatives to the the regular college path. Now, all of that is to give a background to the fact that college is sort of necessary, um, and people don't necessarily know why it's necessary, but if you were to ask, right, you know, a 100 people on the street, and I'm making this up, this is just my understanding of it, and you ask, is going to college 100% necessary? I would bet that 90 of those 100 people, so 90% of those people would say, no, it's not 100% necessary. But if you asked 90%, if you asked that same group of people, did you go to college? Did you get a bachelor's degree? 98% of them would say yes, right? 98% of them would say that they are planning to or think it's a good idea, um, right? So we're seeing that shift to people deciding that it's not necessarily necessary, but everyone's doing it. And they don't necessarily know why they're doing it. Um, and because of that, right, schools uh, are able to gouge the price without having any repercussions. Essentially, it's the same as gas. Um, sure, less people, people are more conscious about how they drive and how much gas they're using, but you need to fill up your car. And it doesn't matter what the price of gas is because you need to drive. And so you're going to pay that price. And so when you are having an entire industry that's based on a cultural necessity and in reality, a workforce necessity where they can essentially make their own prices with no repercussions, you have these rising prices. Um, now, I'm in no way um, advocating for any sort of price controlling by the government. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Um, there are some solutions that I do want to get to in the end that I am pretty sure might be good things to look into, but but we'll see. Um, anyways, I, I think that that's kind of the premise for the discussion, the fact that prices are going up. And so because prices are so high, what that means is that People have trouble paying. Paying for college is going to be an obstacle right off the bat. I mean, when I was looking at colleges, that was absolutely something that I was, um, if not worried about, I was totally stressing over there. That was a huge source of anxiety for me. How am I going to pay for college? How am I going to make uh, these four years worth it, um, considering the sacrifices that I'm going to have to put in um, in order to just pay my way through? Right? How is that going to look for my family? How is that going to look for my future? Um, and a lot of people come to that question. And we have a very easy answer, and that answer is pretty much always loans. Um, loans, 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 loans. Now, we live in a lending society, right? You get a loan to buy a car, to buy a house, to start a business. And I'm not inherently against lo uh, loans. Uh, if you If you go to the Dave Ramsey show, he is very, very against loans um, and, and lending of any kind. Um, I, I don't necessarily uh, subscribe to that. I think generally you want to stay out of debt, absolutely. But, you know, loans are sometimes a good thing um, for investing and things like that. But um, back to my original point is that people are getting into loans. And these loans are very unique in a couple of ways. First, they're really easy to get. Right, I could pretty much just go down to uh, any 
uh, credit union, right? Um, there are obviously student loan, I don't even know what you would call them, companies. Uh, and I can get a loan as an 18-year-old um, without my parents having to sign on to it, without my parents having to have any say in it. Um, I definitely have to show them that I have like an actual school that I'm going to. But that is pretty much it. And, and I can get that loan for an obscene amount of money, right? When you're talking about schools like Harvard or Georgetown that are charging upwards of $70,000 a year in tuition, um, you have people going into hundreds of thousands, upwards of $250,000 of, of loans, which as someone who's been working, making money, that is an astounding amount of money for me, right? That's more than 99% uh, of the country makes in two years. Um, like, the amount of money that college costs is, is again, it's insane. Um, and no bank would give me that loan to buy a house, right? I could not get a $250,000 home loan from a bank. I simply don't have, like, they, they just would not give that to me. I couldn't get, I, I probably could not even get $60,000 to buy a car, right? I mean, it's just insane how much money that is and the, how easy it is to get, okay? So so that's that's kind of the first thing about student loans. And then the second thing about student loans is it's just like any loan, especially a large loan, is the interest. The interest is, is a killer. Uh, and when you have an entire loan industry that targets young people, right, 18-year-olds who don't know anything about finances, personal finances, the reality of living under a loan, uh, what interest rates do to the final cost that they actually pay, how long it's going to take them to um, pay off that loan. They may actually know how long it's going to take them, but not realizing actually how long that is, right? Five years doesn't seem like a long time, and it's not for student loans. But someone says, okay, you know, it's only this amount, this amount of money for the next 15 years. That, that's a really, really long time. And yes, you might think that, but I don't think a lot of people my age realize the gravity of such a commitment. Um, I mean, you've got people who are scared to get married, but they will sign on to a loan habitually. Um, and it, it's, it's a problem. But you have this entire uh, apparatus built upon essentially predatorily loaning money to young people who know nothing about loans with high interest rates that they are going to be a slave to for the next really long time, okay? That is just, I mean, if I told you nothing else about the entire student loan situation in America, you would know that that is just a, a recipe for disaster. And, and in fact, it is, and that's, really why um, people are calling for student loan forgiveness because of bad decisions um, and bad decisions versus good decisions are kind of I think the root of, of this issue um, and how should we, we, we deal with that um, so why 
Why am I opposed to student loan forgiveness? This is the first thing, because it doesn't solve the root of the problem. Why? Why doesn't it solve the root of the problem? Because all it does is it clears that balance for the people who already have the loans, who aren't gonna get any more loans, right? <laughs> I mean, all that's going to happen is loan sharks are going to continually continue to uh, loan, give, give very expensive loans to students who don't know who don't realize the gravity of their situation, who I do believe are being taken advantage of. Um, and we're just gonna rack up more debt, right? Um, there's simply none of the, the solutions uh, proposed by advocates for student loan forgiveness accounts for that, that we're just gonna have more loans. And this is just, right, um, wiping the slate clean only for it to be written on it again um, and I think that all it does is it does harm to people who didn't fall in to that same um, system that caused this problem in the first place which actually brings me to my second reason I dislike the whole I, I disagree with the entire premise of uh, student loan forgiveness is because what does student loan forgiveness do? Not only does it not solve the underlying problem, but it bails out bad decisions. And yes, I think that student loans are a bad decision. Um, I think that there are exceptions. I think that if you are going to medical school, which is very expensive, um, the likelihood of you being able to pay off your student loans because you're probably going to end up in a much more uh, shall I say, lucrative position after medical school, right? You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be making a lot of money. Um, you're going to be able to pay off those loans. And you're go. You're, you're probably not just becoming a doctor for the money. You have a, a purpose, a passion that you're pursuing to, to do good for the world. Doctors do do a ton of good for society. And I think that you, with the, the knowledge that in all likelihood, you're going to be able to quickly pay off your loans I think that that's, that is more than acceptable. Um, if you're getting a master's degree you are, and you already have right, a bachelor's degree, you already have a well-paying job, and you're just expanding your education, I think that loans are good in that case. Um, but for a bachelor's degree uh, that you don't know if you're going to be able to pay that off, um, that is not a good idea. And I'm going to use myself as an example. I am getting what is frankly, and I have to admit this, um, a pretty worthless degree as far as immediate uh, skills. Um, and, and that is certainly a daunting um, prospect, but right, I'm getting a liberal arts political science degree, essentially. That's basically what it boils down to. So uh, with that bachelor's of arts in politics, um, there are going to be political jobs that I'm going to try to get. My end goal is obviously to run for office, and that, that requires a whole different set of, of skills and, and a different path. But um, if I were a data analyst, right, you can pretty quickly get a good job with a data company using your degree um, and w without much... Um, issues because you have a skill to peddle, right? You have knowledge in a tangible field that you can uh, 
essentially offer up to a company, to uh, a group of people, uh, and they'll pay you for that. When you have a Bachelor of Arts degree like I do, like I'm going to get, how do you, how do you market that? Well, I read Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and so this is my opinion on politics and political philosophy. How do you market that? Well, it's really hard to do that, uh, and that's not going to pay very much um, except in the rarest of circumstances. And so it would be stupid for me to get a loan for that, right? Why? Because I would be taking on tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, thousands of dollars worth of debt for a degree that is not going to immediately help me start to pay that off. And so I would be subjecting myself to starting post-college behind, right? Think about your, you have a a balance in your bank account and that balance say you have $1,000 in your bank account. When you're in debt, right, that's a negative. So if you're in debt, right, $100,000, that's minus $100,000 plus $1,000. You're starting post-college with negative $99,000. Sure, you have spending cash, but that that negative number is always weighing over you. And post-college, that's the most uh, risky time in any person's life as far as, or financially, uh, unless you have, you know, I guess a, a dynasty of wealth, you are starting off behind the curve. And that's not where you want to be. And um, especially when you have uh, a degree like the degree I'm seeking, you know, underwater basket weaving, gender studies, you it's going to be hard to find a job that's going to be giving you that good money, that's going to even have the, uh, the ceiling uh, high enough for you to end up making good money. Um, and you do not want to be starting that part of your life behind the curve. And of course, as you are making those student loan payments, you're paying more in interest, you're racking up extra money uh, that you are owing. And that's just not a good position to be in. And that's that's why student loans are not necessarily a good idea. And I think that it's generally a bad decision to go into them. And you some people, and this is kind of the crux of that Instagram argument that I was talking about, is that I call that a bad decision, and everyone who is a proponent of student loan forgiveness that I have spoken to, either in person or online, believes that loans were the only option. It is the only option, right? You don't have a choice of loans or no loans. You only have loans or no college. And I think that that's a false dichotomy. Um, And I don't think so. I know that it is. Um, Because there are so many different paths that you can take for paying for college that don't involve loans that people are either, either don't know, they're too lazy, or they simply don't think that that's a worth uh, cost to pay. Um, And they'd rather take on the loans. And so the first, and and all of these kind of work together, right? 
Um, and, and the most obvious one is scholarships, right? Um, and not everyone's going to get a full-ride scholarship. I did not get even close to a full-ride scholarship. Um, but scholarships are a great way to instantly shave off a good chunk of tuition, of room and board, depending on uh, what school you're at and, and what scholarships you qualify for. Um, but that is the easiest way to shave off a huge chunk of money um, right off the top. And most of them don't require anything other than academic achievement. And if you're serious about what you're, if you're serious about college, you are going, you should be, you should care about your grades, right? I was under the false impression that my grades didn't really matter that much. And I still did pretty good in school. I got great SAT scores, but I absolutely could have done better. I could have studied more for the SAT. And if I had done that, that probably would have saved me a lot more money that I'm already making. Most schools offer just straight up uh, a bracket of, of free scholarship money that you get just based on your SAT score. And if you got into the school, you probably qualify for one of the brackets already. And so taking some time to study uh, to get your SAT score up can be huge to saving you money when you actually have to write the check to the college. And then depending on who you are, right, there are tons of scholarships for literally you being you, right? The amount of scholarships that are based on race, that are based on um, whether or not your parents were firefighters or in the military, um, if you are disabled. Um, nowadays, right, if you're transgender, a lot of schools let you get a ton of extra money, right? Like, you can argue about the, the morality or the the validness of any of those scholarships. But if you look, you will probably find a demographic that you fit into um, where people will pay you for doing that, where right people want to see more people of a certain race or a certain life experience succeed in college, and they're willing to put their money behind that. Um, and who are you to leave that cash on the table, right? So on top of that, right, there are other scholarships. There are scholarships, right, I qualified for a scholarship where I, I get a certain amount of money every year, and all I have to do is I have to participate in a student group um, that is an ambassador to prospective students. So I kind of, I'll, I'll probably be the person giving campus tours, checking in with uh, applicants and that kind of thing. And I'm getting paid more money, right, than I would if that was just my job. So there are so many different scholarship opportunities like that, that if you take time to pursue, chances are you could save a lot of money with that way. But not everyone's going to, to be in that position, and that's fine. Um, and so then the, the, the second obvious one is working and saving. Right? This, is, this is the easiest one that anybody should be doing anyways, whether you're saving for college or for a car or to get married or to buy a house, anything right? You should be working, period. Like there, there really, in my opinion, uh, is, should be no time in your life between your junior year of high school and, uh, at least after 50 that you are not working. You should always have a job. You should always be making money. Um, it is a blessing to be financially independent. Um, 
I'm not there yet. Um, but that is not something that is a bad thing. It is not a bad thing to work uh, for financial independence, for financial prosperity. Um, it is a good thing to be working, to be being productive in society. Um, and you should already have a job. Um, but the next thing is that you need to be saving. You need to not be wasting that money. And this is coming from perhaps the most frivolous spender uh, that that I know. Um, I mean, I spent uh, an unholy amount of money on a new chess set, um, kind of as a splurge um, after I graduated. But I, you know, I buy I buy lunch all the time. I eat out. Um, and recently, I have cut that down significantly so that I could save for college. Um, but that is not the situation that you want to be in. When I when I look around, I, I obviously have some really responsible friends who are they're really you know they're they're taking it seriously. They're saving. They are living frugally. But simultaneously, when I look around, I see people who are um, going out you know every day, every night. They're they're working part-time this summer, you know, four days a week, and every night they're going out, they're eating out, they've got Netflix, Spotify, premium, they are, you know, this is cliche, but right, the $6 coffee every morning, um, that adds up, right, that's $2,200 a year, roughly, and, like, where's that money going? It's going to a coffee every morning, and, I'm not trying to begrudge you your coffee, um, but this becomes an issue when you are now struggling financially because depending on what school you go to, if like in-state tuition for some schools, it's like $4,000 a year, which is not very much money. Right? I'm going to a private school. It's very expensive, so I'm really having to be creative with how I, I pay for that. I'm working seven days a week. Um, I'm on a... $20 a month budget, um, which I'm trying to stick to with, with some degree of success. Um, but there are some schools that are only $4,000 a year, and your $6 coffee every morning, right, when you could be spending 15 cents per cup every morning, that's, that's half a year of tuition. If anything, right, that's three months of rent. That's a part of, that's a down payment on a car. That is so much, there's so much potential and you're putting that into something that isn't necessary um, or something that is over the top, right? Certain things are, are necessary, but not necessarily to the degree that you have, right? Pens. Are necessary. You can buy $20 pens. You can also buy 88 cent pens. Do you really need the $20 pen or will the 88 cent pen work? Maybe you're a pen connoisseur and that $20 pen, that's the only pen you could ever use and so be it. But you need to recognize the financial drain that that is on your life. And I think you should reconsider how much you're spending on those pens, um, my friend. But that that I think is, is the second biggest thing, obviously. You need to be spending your money wisely. You need to be working. Um, and again, this was a huge point of contention. Is this other person was like, well, you shouldn't have to work 
seven days a week. You shouldn't have to work just to pay for college. Um, and first of all, so be it. Like, okay, maybe working seven days a week is is not necessary or shouldn't be necessary. Now, personally, I don't, as someone who's working seven days a week, not to brag, not to throw out that number, I enjoy that, right? What else am I doing with my life? If I was not working, I would be at home. I would, I would be playing video games. I would not be doing productive things. I would not be going out with friends. Um, I mean, I'm sure I would sometimes, but I'm too lazy. I would just be lounging at home, wasting my time. Because I'm working seven days a week, every day, I am getting up at a reasonable hour. I am going, I am adding value into other people's lives. I am adding value into my own life by doing something productive, by being active, by actually making something of myself, by making money and saving that money. And even though it is exhausting and sometimes stressful, it is incredibly fulfilling. And I'm going to reap the benefits of all my hard work now down the line when I am, you know, enjoying less work later in life. Okay? I know that the rat race is really easy to fall into. Um, and it's a quote unquote corporate machine, right? You don't want to get trapped in that. But there is a reality of delayed gratification. And I think that it is pretty entitled to think that you should be able to not have to work for anything and then get it anyways. If, if it's worth having, right, it's worth working for. And if it's not worth working for, well, why are you trying to get it? And why do you think that you deserve it without putting in the work, okay? And everything has a degree of work that it's worth, but when it comes to, to college, if you're really serious about pursuing your education, you should be putting in that work right? You can make a lot of money in a summer, right? And I, I could work more, right? I, I'm working two jobs, right? Seven days a week. I could work more. I'm really only getting 50, 48 hours a week um, on a good week. And like, I could easily make that, that 60. I could make that way more if I wanted to. And if I was desperate enough, um, and I've decided that this is probably a pretty good place to be, but when it comes to what your cost-benefit analysis is, um, the cost of me not doing this, right? The cost of me not working, the cost of me not, um, quote-unquote, wasting my time going to two jobs and working my butt off is that I wouldn't be able to pay for, for PhD, right, that I'm going to. And I would have to get a loan. And be getting alone, I would be selling my life away to um, a, a dollar amount that's going to hang over me for, for years and years and years. And I would rather live out from under that pressure and that um, commitment while sacrificing some short-term pleasure. Um, and I think that that's worth it. I mean... Everything in life has sacrifices. I think that our my generation, and I'm I'm absolutely this way. I'm not trying. I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, my generation sucks, but I'm so different. No, I am absolutely this way. But we are so entitled. We want to have our cake and eat it too. And if someone 
says, well, that's not how the world works, but we say, well, make it work that way. Why not? Um, right? I, I want to I want to have all of these things uh, and I don't want to have to pay the price. I want to go to college, but I want to work for it. I want to spend, right? Sorry. It's not, I don't want to go to college, but I want to work for it. I want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on college and I want you to pay for it, which ultimately is what the um, student loan forgiveness um, argument comes down to. Um, hard work is essential to uh, really achieving anything in life. And if someone tells you differently, uh, they're, they're lying. Um, now that was a bit of a tangent. Um, and so I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the third uh, aspect, right, that can help you save money for college, or, or I should say another way that you can pay for college without getting loans. And that is slowing your pace down, right? Perhaps it used to be, but things like community college, gap years, um, half years, light loads, those are no longer stigmatized really whatsoever um, in our society, right? Going back to get your, to finish your degree later in life, um, that is something that we, we respect. And no one really bats an eye when people say that they're taking a gap year, when people are going to community college before going to university, um, or if they are gonna graduate in six years, no one really cares about that anymore. And that is a huge way that you can save money. Like community college is way cheaper than full-on college, but the credits weigh the same. You can't get a degree, but what you can do is you can, right? You can work, you can save money, you can take a light load of classes, you can get a ton of college credit, then you can transfer to an actual university, you pay less to that university because you're getting less credits, and then you get your degree that weighs exactly the same as my four-year degree will weigh, or you know someone else's three-year degree. I mean, the amount of time that it takes you to finish college, it doesn't really matter, and it is a way that can save you so much money. And so, just on top of that, here's another thing, right? What school you go to? I picked a private school that is relatively very expensive to a lot of the other schools that I could have chosen. And maybe if I decided that I didn't want to work the hours that I'm working and make the sacrifices that I'm making, I could have picked a different school that costs less money. And then I could have worked half the hours that I'm working. And then I could have, right, had double the free time. And sure, that sounds really nice, but I really valued the school that I picked. And so all of these things really play together that you can individually make a very dynamic and personalized choice about what your education is gonna look like, how you're gonna pay for that. And it all comes down to um, people not willing to do that. And that's either out of laziness, which I certainly think is a large part of it. Um, I don't think that everybody who got student loans was lazy. I think that a lot of people um, simply don't know the different ways that they can save money. They, um, they, yeah, they just weren't equipped. They weren't taught. They weren't 
um, told all of the tricks that you can can use to save yourself money. They um, they weren't, um, I guess. They 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 didn't realize how how bad student loans actually are, um, or they were simply not prepared to have to make the decision. Um, and a lot of people are really indecisive about college um, and what their plan is, especially when it comes to paying for it. And I think that it's really, really easy to, to sign a paper and instantly get the money um, and then worry about the loan later. Um, it's, I mean, right? I, I did not get the money to pay for my first semester just last summer, right? I've been saving for t for two years. Um, and while I didn't really save that much over the first two years that I was working, I had a plan that I've been working towards for these past several years, right? I've known that I'm gonna have to work a lot. And so I've been constructing my life in a forward thinking way so that I can pay for college. But a lot of people who just kind of wake up one day and they're graduating in six months and they're like, holy crap, what's my plan for college? It's really hard to start right from from that point. Um, and so a huge part about saving money is having a plan. Um, it's being dedicated and having the discipline to carry that plan through. Um, and it's deciding that that plan is worth it. Um, and Again, this is kind of the same as just being dedicated and carrying the plan through, knowing that saving that money is worth the sacrifice and being willing to put in the work that is necessary um, to, to make everything happen. Um, and this brings me to my, my final point. Um, and that, my final point against student loan forgiveness. Um, and this is probably the most selfish point. It's the point that is the least um, under, should I, should I say, I guess, understanding and considerate um, and probably the most unpopular, but I think it's just as valid. And that is, it's unfair to the people who actually worked hard. Um, so how is this the case? Well, first of all, how does student loan forgiveness happen? Well, it doesn't, your loans don't just disappear, right? It's not like in a relationship where, you know, if I hit my sibling and then I say, oh, I'm sorry, and I say, oh, I forgive you, and that pain's just gone, right? That's not how that works. Uh, student loan forgiveness means that the federal government pays the loan person um, your money, right? That money has to be paid or else that guy who is the the loaner he's gonna lose his right he he won't have the money to pay for your college or and everyone else that he's loaned money to so he's gonna lose money and perhaps um that's gonna have huge ramifications on his family the government doesn't have the power to just say you no longer owe that other person money right it is the government writing a check to that guy on your behalf and saying okay he no longer owes you money because I've paid for that. Um, 
it, it's actually a really interesting, you know, uh, parallel to how Jesus paid for our sins. But we're gonna we're we're gonna skip that today. Um, but essentially, the the government the government has to pay pay your loan, and the government's paying for your college. Um, but what's what's the problem with that statement? The government doesn't have any money. The government didn't work for any money, right? That's your money. That's my money. That is taxpayers' money. I looked at my paycheck from my internship the other day, and for the first time I saw how much money I was losing a month in federal uh, income tax uh, withholdings, and I was stunned. I did not realize that it was that much. Like, I knew I was paying some money, but like, and I'm not going to say it on the show, but I mean, I, I, I was baffled and I didn't realize how much money I was actually losing every month for the government. Now, it's not a total loss. I'm absolutely for paying your taxes, right? We have the military, we have um, all kinds of things that the government does that are necessary and good. Bailing out your mistakes that weren't necessary is not and should not be one of them. Because considering everything that I've said now, okay, what is essentially happening is a student, for whatever reason, signs on to a $50,000 is lowballing it, $100,000 loan. Okay, for a four-year college. Student loan forgiveness happens. The government pays that $100,000. Should I say, we pay that $100,000. Okay. And that student, right? Sure, it's good for the student, but like that student gets off scot-free you have now paid for their college and now what right and I'm, this isn't about punishment for the student for making a bad decision it's about the fact that you have just spent your hard-earned cash on someone else's poor decision when that wasn't necessary okay Welfare and the social safety net, I think those are necessary. I think that uh, in the 21st century, right, you'd be pretty hard-pressed to argue that those should not exist to what extent they exist, right? That's what we debate about. But I don't pay for your car simply because you didn't realize how much, right? If you were to, if, if I were to go and, and, and buy a car and I got a loan for a car and then I came to you and I said, hey, I didn't realize how much this car was going to cost and that I wasn't going to be able to pay it. You're going to pay for my car. And not only am I telling you that you're going to pay for my car, the government is going to make you pay for my car. Okay? And you're going to give me $500. Okay? You're going to give me... You know what? Let's, let's lower that. You're going to be $50. Okay? And I'm going to go to everyone in the neighborhood and get $50 from them by force so I could pay for my car. And you're going to be sitting here like, wait, why do I have to give you $50? You didn't need that car. 
you didn't have to buy that car. You could have saved up longer for that car. You could have gotten a car scholarship and paid less money for that car so that you could actually pay for that car. You could have not gotten the car at all and gotten a moped instead that would have done the same thing but not have been as fancy. Instead of getting a Lamborghini, you could have gotten a Civic. And none of that conversation is had and the government comes in and takes that $50 and gives it to me all because I made a bad decision. But not only did I get bailed out for that bad decision, I reaped the benefits of making a good decision while simultaneously making a bad decision with you paying the cost. You see how screwed up that is? And that's what frustrates me because think about how unfair that is for hard workers, right? You could say, okay, well, we're investing into the community, right? That person, they now, they've learned their lesson. They're going to go on. They're going to make money. And then one day, their taxes, taxes that they pay, they're going to pay off another person's student loan. And so you're essentially just paying it forward. But what about someone like me who's not taking out any loans, who's making an immense amount of sacrifices to pay for my school? And then if student loan forgiveness happens... I'm going to have to pay for someone else's school as well. Like, how how unfair is that? I made the sacrifices. I didn't party. I didn't have all the free time that other people had, right? I worked seven days a week. I, you know, I, I experienced delayed gratification, hell at the beginning, and then later on I was relieved of that pain with the fulfillment of having done something good and responsibly and then reaping the uh, everlasting benefits of my good decision. And the other person didn't do that, right? They didn't make those sacrifices. They made a bad decision. And now me, who made a good decision, has to pay the price of their bad decision. And I think that that's unfair, right? And it's not everyone's a super saver like I am, right? Some people did go into debt and they paid off their debt. They got themselves out from under the bad situation that they were in, right? Maybe they were born 10 years too early and they finally paid off their loan and now student loan forgiveness happens and now they're paying off everyone else's loans, right? That is simply unfair. And so on top of it, not solving the root of the problem and loans are going to continue to happen on top of the fact that it bails people out for their bad decisions and it is right it, it it allows people to make bad decisions without facing the consequences it's also unjust to to people who who worked hard and made good decisions and it punishes you for working hard. And if you know that you're not going to actually have to pay this loan, why would you ever put any right? If if someone told me that no matter what I do, at the end of these 4 years, someone else is going to pay for my school, why would I work? Why would I why would I be working 7 days a week? I would not be working 7 days a week. I'd be working 3 days a week to have some pocket money. And then I would you know, do whatever I want. I would eat out all the time, I'd go, see the, go to the movies all the time, I'd go to shows, I'd probably go on some, you know, 
European trip. I don't know what I'd do, but I would be working seven days a week, okay? So, in, in conclusion, because I am reaching the end of my time, it's, it's nice to think that the government is a magic wand where if you point the government at a certain problem, it's, it's so big, it's so great that the problem will magically go away. But when you're in a nation where the people pay taxes, nothing, nothing is free. Nothing that the government does is really free. The government's not paying for anything. The people are paying for something, okay? And so while it's nice to imagine if the government could forgive student debt and all of a sudden the slate was free and we could free all of these poor students from the, the crushing weight of their poor decision-making or their misfortune, depending on how you put it, um, or the situation of the student, that's not the reality of student debt forgiveness, okay? That's simply not how it works. And in reality, we are not solving the problem. We are allowing people to escape from their bad decisions that could have been prevented. And we're punishing people who put in the work, who made the sacrifices, to make good decisions, to not be in that position, and it simply isn't right. So, when it all comes down to it, and this is slightly off topic, but I want to finish with this. Life is full of, of decisions. You can never have your cake and eat it too. Right? If, if you are in a position where you're having your cake and you're eating it too, there's probably no icing on the cake. And you're, it's, you're probably losing something else somewhere. What that is to say is that a lot of people are not willing to make, to sacrifice their current comfort their current standard of living, their current idea of what is acceptable to them for something bigger. And that's that's not a good way. That's not good. That's not a good thing, right? If, if you really want something and it's worth having, you have to be willing to put in the work and you have to be willing to make the sacrifices, okay? And if you don't want to make those sacrifices, then you can't have that thing, right? If, if you want to buy a new car, you need to not eat out for a couple of months, right? On top of that, maybe you need to cancel some subscriptions. Maybe you need to spend less you know, on just things that you like to buy. And if you don't think that that's worth it, the proper reaction 
is to say, okay, then that's not worth it. I'm not going to, to purchase that. Or I'm not going to do that. But you shouldn't say, you know what, I'll get it and then we'll figure it out later. Right? I mean, famously, right, um, uh, there, there's this quote, and I, I, it's a saying, where it's basically, right, if, if you half-ass two things, you'll end up whole-assing two things. Um, and what that really means is that if you try to do two things at once, and you try to have everything simultaneously when you only have the capacity for for one of the things you're going to end up paying for both things uh, and it's going to be worse that was that was a pretty incoherent ending um, and, a, and a poor conclusion but you know that's that is the quality of this podcast that this podcast has sort of descended to at this point and I've kind of accepted that I'm going to try to do more frequent uploads I've got some guests uh, that I'm going to be bringing on here in a bit as soon as I figure out what we're going to talk about um, so yeah go ahead follow me on Instagram at goodtalkofficial uh, email me at goodtalkcontact at gmail.com uh, I think that that is everything. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I hope I talk to you all again soon. Good talk.